With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to the Nina Kaza Show. She's back, dusting off the cobwebs. This show is brought to you in partnership with Liberty Shield, the perfect VPN companion for your entertainment and privacy needs, where you can get a massive 25% off everything using the coupon code AIVPN. Liberty Shield offer three VPN apps for iOS, Android, Amazon, Fire Stick, Mac, and Windows. Now, it's been long overdue. I've been itching to talk about football. We've been thinking about football. It's almost there. It's almost within our reach. But, oh, we have to wait a little bit longer. I mean, not the best of results. I'm, I'm going to talk about it. I've got some great guests to talk about it. Sorry, it's just great to talk about football. I'm sorry, I've been overdosing on it. Um, but joining me on this podcast, and we've got some awesome callers as well on Discord. I am joined by two very, very awesome guests, and I'm quite excited because they're going to bring a lot of analysis, cool, calm heads. I need that because right now my head is a little bit everywhere. I'm just watching live football and the Reds. First up, I am delighted to be joined by host of the Desi podcast and, you know, just an overall good friend of mine. I call him Bargy, but we will keep it professional because that's what we do around here. This is the moral, the, the, the golden standard of Anfield Index. It's Harinda. Harinda, welcome back. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Wonderful. Golden <time> standard. <laughs> Listen. Fake it till you make it. Massively <laughs> They don't know what I'm all about, okay? They don't know. Get okay. names. And okay. joining, joining her in, I mean, uh, you know, nice, mellow voice. Um, we will be joined by an equal mellow voice. Um, contributor to Anfield Index and the Nina Kaza Show and, um, Rate don't hate, and I think I've heard him on the wrestling podcast as well. He's a little bit everywhere. It is Tadiva. Tadiva, welcome back. Hey, Nina, how are you? I'm good. I think I once famously said about you, um, when you talk about football, everyone sits up and listens. It's a bit like the Firmino quote when you, you know, when you watch Firmino, you watch the game. 
That's so much pressure, though. So not every time I say something, I, I have to make sure that it's something intelligent. Well, I'll tell you what, you've got a job to do, given what you just made me start telling you that. So, Diva, my friend, with our host, the bar is low. <laughs> this is very true. This is very true. But you you know, could say like, hello and you would be still... like Einstein. Yeah, but you know what? Harinda still bangs his head. That's what happened on the show. You got her one daughter, right? Anyway, enough about that. Enough about that, guys. Before before I get to our call, and we have we have a call, and I'm quite excited to speak about him. Um, I just want to get your like initial, like just your thoughts. I mean, you waited so long for football, Harinda. I'll come to you first. You know, we've been waiting, we've been waiting. There was that little bit of scare of null and void. We knew it wasn't going to happen, but you waited and waited. It's the Merseyside derby. I know you have so much to say about Everton and Wooderson Park. What were your thoughts after that game? I mean, how do you feel? How do I feel? Um, I think from the waiting and waiting and then mm. seeing perspective, what an anticlimax! Mm. From the oh fuck, if it was if I was going to the match, this is what I would have expected to happen. So it's not an anticlimax in that perspective. Everton away is usually dire bullshit. Mm. No, it's always a draw, apart from when something really exciting happens in the last few minutes or so. There's always anti-football to some degree whereby you know we just seem to pass 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 play pass 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 play pass pass oh, ooh, oh okay no let's try to try it all over again um and it was a little bit of rinse and repeat of that and then there's always a bit at the end where Everton seemed to nearly do something and it's always around the 75th to 85th minute always without fail at, at Woodison so from that perspective it followed the script completely yeah, I was just going to say there was, you know, something exciting happens. Yeah, it very nearly did for, for the opposition. If you live under a rock, under a rock guys, it finished nil-nil, but I'm sure you already know the result. Today, I'm going to come to you. It kind of reminded me of like, you know, when you ate at a restaurant like a real long time ago and then you, you, you have a suggestion that you're going to eat at that place again and you've really hyped it up and you get dead excited and think, yeah, I'm going to eat there. The food was amazing. And then you go and it didn't quite live up to your initial, you know, standards or expectations. I was expecting an absolute spanking, which is really naive of me, given the fact that we've been watching an awful lot of football and, you know, every single team's looked a little rusty. So I want to get your thoughts. How did you feel after that game? Yeah, it was quite a deflating game in terms of uh, end result, <laughs> especially when you're so close to the league. Um, yeah. I was speaking to my dad earlier and, I suppose happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Um, I was speaking to my dad earlier today and he was saying, I just hope we can win the win league as quickly as possible just so that there's nothing else that can happen in the world that, that could probably stop us from, from getting the title. And I, I thought hopefully this was the game that would take us a step further. Um, but yeah, having watched the game, the initial thoughts are that it, it, it's a team that hasn't played in over three months or so. And they're trying to find their feet again. And also considering how many games we have coming into this um, rush of fixtures, I think we can expect this time, like not as intense games because players have to save themselves and then also um, try and find their footing again. Guys like Trent that usually ping balls left, right and center were were being a bit wayward. Yeah, absolutely. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about Klopp's hopes. And of course, we'll talk about injuries as well. You know, plenty to talk about. But first things first, this is, you know, a post-match show. And, you know, we have callers. And the first one after restart, woohoo! It is Dave Harrocks. Dave, welcome to the show. 
<laughs> Thanks, Kate. Nina. I know my first butt up of a surname as well is Dave Horrocks. There. <laughs> I was going to say it didn't take long. I, I, I corrected myself. I corrected myself. I'm getting good people. Professional. It's a show if you didn't fuck someone's name up. So I'm, I'm privileged, Nina. We've got this restart now. And you fucked my name up, so brilliant. I feel privileged. <laughs> and I corrected myself, so we no longer need the services of Gags Tandon. <laughs> <laughs> he was right in there, though, wasn't he? He was, he was trying to, yeah. <laughs> well, Dave, um, it's great to have you on. Um, uh, you know, I'd like to, first of all, you know, talk to me about how you felt and, you know, questions, by all means, fire them away. Well, uh, we all knew what the script was going to be, and uh, I think, I think Bargy's just summed it all up hasn't he so we, he should drop drop the mic and we should all be done so we all knew what the script was going to be this is Everton's game of the decade so there is nothing they would have loved more than you know obviously snatch a win would have been slightly better but you know they celebrate the fact that they got a point from us last year and the fact that we lost by a couple of points so you know uh, I don't know what to say about it it was just a massive anti-climax wasn't it so Everyone looked kind of off the off the pace. I don't know if I've got a question in here somewhere, but I actually, you know, so I do have a question, right? So obviously, if you were to tot it up, you know, uh, odds wise, we are the red hot favourites. But I am honestly nervous. I, I'm just waiting for us to fuck this up. So how confident are the panel that we're going to wrap this up? We only need five points now. How confident are we? Oh, Tadiva, I'm, I'm going to come to you first because I, I, as you all know, I came onto the call a little later and I was just like sort of grabbing a glass of water and I can, you know, be all professional on here. Um, I mean, I want to get your thoughts. You spoke about your dad there and that he's really nervous and stuff. I love the fact that we are like such an anxious bunch. You know, you've got Dave there as well, who's absolutely stressing as well. Five points we need and um, talk to me. I mean, what, what do you think? I mean, if City drop points to Burnley, I don't know if that's likely. I don't know if that's going to happen. If they drop points and Liverpool beat Crystal Palace, you know, what, what, what happens there? I don't know. Talk to me. Um, I think because we're so far ahead, the thing that's going to help us is there's not going to be any sort of pressure put on the players. Um, we've seen in past seasons, I think, especially with Sky Sports, I, I think it's fair to say the the narrative they create is always to build as much pressure on Liverpool um, as possible and, and to try and, you know, pile that on. I think in terms of this squad, um, having gone and, and gotten a few trophies under their belt, Having Klopp there, you've got the likes of James Milner in and around the squad, even if he's not on the pitch. I don't, I don't know if, if his injury is serious, but just him in the background, having won a league title. I think we've got enough to see us over the line. If if the points gap was a little bit closer, then maybe I'd be worried. But I think because we got such a cushion, um, we have to remember City have to go on and win every game. And yes, it's City. They're, they're very easily could go and do that because of the the squad that they have but the the benefit that we have is that city don't look like they're in the fight this season um you know they took it to us last season we decided okay clearly we have to come back and 
we can't lose a game was basically the mentality going into the first half of the season. And you could see, you know, City were a bit surprised by that and maybe they had their attention somewhere else or whatever they want to say. But I don't think they, they feel they've got a chance to get back into it. And that's probably our biggest uh, saving grace. But in, in terms of the squad, in terms of the players that we have, in terms of the amount of fixtures that we have, um, we've got enough fixtures that we should be able to see it over the line. It might not be as glamorous as it was looking to be, mm-hmm. you know, getting the most points ever by, by a Premier League champion, but I'm sure we'll still be crowned champions. And Harinda, I'll come to you. I mean, what are your thoughts? I mean, would you be happy with Liverpool just jogging to five straight draws? <laughs> you know, like, we're not going to really, you know, we're going to, like, save our legs, not get injured. We're not really going to overexert ourselves. Let's just, let's just win, for, uh, let's just draw five games and you've got, you've got your five points to make it champions. I want to get your thoughts. I mean, wh- where do you stand on this? I mean, you're normally quite a level-headed, you know, kind of fan you 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 don't really I don't know you never really dive off into the negatives or or the positives I, I always when I think of you I always think of you as quite a neutral fan you know fair balance <laughs> aside from you at the stadium but when I have you on the show you, you know you, you speak at a balance so talk to me talk to me what can I say I couldn't give a shit how they do it <laughs> truth be told it's been such a long time right um I was what Shit, how old was I? 13? 12? 13? When we I were it last time? Yeah. I don't give a shit when it's. <laughs> I don't care. I've been saying years. I was one more week, for fuck's sake. I'll tell you what, gags you answer. Gags is butchering my name. He's become me. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Who gives a shit? When? It's happening. That's the thing. It's It's. If there's eight games left, or whatever, is it eight more for us? Yeah, eight more for us. It's happening. We're going to win this league no matter what. They, they, Man City are going to uh, Chelsea on Thursday as well. So if they drop any points there, it's pretty much done as well. They, they, it's not just us, is it? It's City dropping any point. And they've been they've been dropping points like crazy all season. Um, it's just... What what else, like Bargy said, what else did we expect? It's Everton, it's like the shittest game. Of the season, our front three never seemed to play there, and um, you know we missed that. It would be mm. nice to see Everton's defense against the front three, and uh, I just, I just don't get the nerves. I just don't get the nerves. I think what it is is people coming back and seeing, seeing that we weren't flying. That's all. I think also Lovren coming on at the end, and I want you to talk about him later. It will make us all very nervous, and I think that lingers. Then at the end of the game, that we got away with it. So just be grateful we did. He didn't cause the loss for once. You know, and we got the point, <laughs> but there's still big positives in this. And uh, I hope you go and talk about Nabi and about Minamino. Mm. And, um, you know, because I, I, I thought them two were really good and Mane put a real shift in. So, you know, I think um, there's still some things that you can positively talk about. Because if um, that, that young lad, Mr. Cater, does continue like this, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, he's going to take over the Premier League. Yes, yes. Keep him fit and healthy. You know, that's all, that's all we want and that's all we need. I mean, Dave, I'm going to come to you. You've kind of heard the panel. They seem pretty, pretty chilled and relaxed. It looks like it's going to happen. I hope that's kind of calmed you down. Um, you, you, your response to what the panel have said. No, I'm loving it. I, I, I need that. I need that confidence. And so it's calmed me down. I, I do feel nervous. And I know it's not rational, but... It, oh God, Christ, it's been so long. And, you know, we, it was just in touching distance. I even had a ticket for the Crystal Palace game. 
And I, it, I was going to be there, and it was all going to be, you know, 21st of March, and it was all going to be in the bag, and then fucking global pandemic hits, you know. So of all the things that could happen, you know, it just seems everything is going to trip us up. So, no, I appreciate it. Guys, you've put my mind at rest. Yes, don't stress. Even if it takes five drows, drows, we're going to do it. Don't, you know, like Gag said, you know, Man City will probably drop points as well. I think what I think one thing that we all have to kind of, I think this was a reality shock for me because I was watching a whole lot of football before Liverpool started. I think all of us were watching every single game. And you were looking at Tina, you're like, you're so shit. Your quality's so bad. My team's amazing. You know, that arrogance kind of creeps in. And then we watch Liverpool play. And I think one thing that we're going to have to ex- expect is, um, and we'll talk about this more in depth, the rhythm isn't going to be there, you know, like, because the games are coming thick and fast. Also, the drinks break. So that's quite a disturbance in itself. I also feel like the quality won't be up there. You know, football is very, very different right now. And we just got to make the best out of the worst kind of situation. Could I ask a, a cheeky second follow-up question? So, I mean, yeah. Gags, with the, um, with the fatigue index, you know, we're always looking at the kind of, uh, you know, people like Mane, Salah, they've been so, you know, end-to-end, you know, they've been going from a season end to like a World Cup game. So they've been going from domestic football to international football. So, I mean, how the fuck do you quantify where the guys are now because they've been training at home they probably had a break like they've never had in their whole careers so actually for for your elite top athletes actually is this a good thing that's actually yeah this is actually a really good segment but you talked to me about this and also like the two injuries as well like i'm I'm actually getting a bit worried about that aspect of things well there's a lot of injuries happening but i don't think mm. asai's been talking about it i don't think they're related to this a lot of them have been some of them impact you know some like for example the hammy one uh with with, with milner he's done that before Mm. And he recovers real fast. I think if we've seen in the past, he's a really fast recover, recoverer of injuries. Um, uh, when you look at, um, I think it was, uh, oh God, Marty. Marty comes on and talks about it. He mm-hmm. expects him always to, to come back quick. And I think what Milner's really clever, if he feels anything in that hammy, he goes down and comes off. He doesn't run on. If you notice, he just literally sits down. He knows immediately when there's a twinge. We'll find out how bad it is soon, but uh, historically, he's a quick. Um, he, he recovers very fast, so I'm not worried about that. That's happened before to him, so maybe it's his age now. It's, it's been happening, you know, every every season. It kind of happens to him. I think it happened earlier this this season as well to to Milner. So that's that's understandable. Matip was um, was a tr- someone trod on him. Um, I think it was Richarlison just trod on the back of his ankle. So that's an impact one. That doesn't. That's not because of the restart. A lot of some of them have been, you know, these things where you, yeah, your foot gets twisted and stuff. That's in the turf, wrong, wrong studs. People wearing wrong studs. It's literally nothing to do with Project Restart, like the one um, Shaka, Jaka one. You know, mm. things like that. They uh-huh. aren't down to restart. They're down to maybe a mistake by the player with, with choice of footwear. So, but but then obviously the press are going to jump on all this and then make a story out of it. But it's just not true. So, I are we going to see a lot of airtime from the egg? Yeah, yeah, the egg's going to be on it, 100%. The egg will be back. <laughs> Verheyen will be kicking ass and saying that, you know, there's bullshit. But if you watched Klopp's press conference on um, Friday, 
It was really, really interesting because he said this is the first time I've ever had four weeks with my entire squad together. So in actual fact, I would have expected us to be way more on fire in this game. I just think, you know, some of the prep didn't help us with Robbo and Mo not being about having to play Minamino, who was coming far too in, you know, inside, even though I thought he had a good game. I thought we were so much better first half than second mm-hmm. with him in the team. He was They were trying to link up and it just wasn't coming off. Another day, you know, he gets in or, or Mane's touches a bit better in a couple of situations. Um, but in terms of the injuries, I don't, I don't think it's a worry. But you could see why Gomez didn't start. You could see why Ginny didn't start. Um, you know, they're being saved for the second game on Wednesday. But in the end, they had to come on. Gomez literally had to play. Well, he actually, it's not too bad. It was just before halftime. So he only played a half. So he'll be okay. So fatigue-wise, yes, you have to be careful. They've not played competitive football for three months. That's the longest period ever. Like, none of them ever sit out that long. They're away with England. They're away with, um, you know, the like you said. So it's it's absolutely vital that they, they are, you know, brought into the game slowly. Mane... Wouldn't be surprised if, you know, he's taken off very early in that Palace game, if he starts, because I don't think they'll want to play him two ninety 90 minutes um, real quick. He will have some recovery time, obviously, because the next game's eight days later. But I wouldn't be surprised, you know. If it, I mean, one thing I really hope we don't do is play Lovren on Wednesday, that's all, because I'm a team, And I hope that, that he recovers from that. It's not too bad, because that would be a that would be a blow. We might even see one of the kids play now. On Wednesday, a right back or something. I, I don't know, but I do believe they will take it easy with players, and they won't. Um, that's why Bobby was off at sixty. That's why Naby was off at sixty. I believe they'll start on Wednesday. They need to be. They need to be saved. So you're right. There will be changes. There will be things. Not everybody's going to be hundred percent match fit. Match fit's a different thing. I think we have to be a bit more um, clever. If you listen to the fatigue index stuff, and you should on AI Pro, then what you'll what you'll learn is it's a really good education. Actually, I've learned a lot from it that you can't... I've had a lot of questions today from friends, actually, people saying to me, but they've had three months off, they can play. No, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work, it doesn't work like that. Look, you've not... Everything's been closed, right? Gym goers. Everything's been closed. Go and do your intense workout that you did before lockdown when you first got back to the gym. No, but then you could. You probably could do it. Yeah, you could work you, 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 I work out better at home than I have at the gym, but I don't play football. I, I, I work out better at the gym. I work out better at the gym. football is a different animal to gym, okay? Are you playing friendlies with your mates or playing with your own teammates where you, you're not going to go to injure each other or you're not going to go hard? It's totally different to competing against a different team. So, honestly, there's just, just a bit of an education required in terms of we have to... We have to understand that sports science is massive. If they just went straight in and everybody played ninety minutes, we'd be breaking down all over the place. And, and also, too much now. I'm gonna and go. also, I think we we need to remember the fact that because we've got such a lead, we can afford to be risk averse. Mm. So you know, a Milner feeling something in other games, he probably, with his experience and everything, he probably could have seen out the half. But because we're so far ahead, he's thinking there's there's literally no point in me, you know, pushing it this hard. The likes of and that's for the club having a go and having a conversation with them as well, right? Saying, look, you, you know, if you feel something, just just hold your hands up and say it. We saw Fabinho do that against Napoli. Do you remember in the Champions League? Yes, I'm yeah. not well, you know. 
I feel like the players are so much more intelligent now as well. They kind of know that, hang on, if I prolong and play, I'm going to cause myself further long-term damage. Min, good comment from Keem in the chat as a, an analogy for this. If you mm. haven't run in months, just get up and try and do half a marathon at 80% your be- at 80% it's, best. At your 80% it's, exactly, best. exactly. Yeah. Exactly that. You, and you know, we also need to remember these players, are, like it, you, you say they, they played international tournaments and all that. This is probably the the longest they've gone without playing football in the end, you know, since they were about like 10 years old or something, it doesn't go back to their professional careers. I remember when we played, you know, um, national tournaments and stuff like I played football all year round pretty much. So it's not just, no, no, but it's (laughs) not just, I mean, these guys then carry on and go and play professionally, but it's, it's not just the you know the the five years if they're twenty five years old or so as as a professional these guys have been playing football all year round their entire lives for the best part that they know and and to not have it for three months you can't expect them to be flying what you can hope for is you know maybe to your quality shines through a little bit where some clinical finishing um, saves you but in terms of the intensity of the game I don't think we could have expected more intensity than what we saw in that game. To be fair to Dio, you mentioned something really interesting there in, in regards to international tournaments. This whole weekend of games has just been a bit like an international tournament. It's like everyone's first opening match of the World Cup in their respective groups. It's a bit cagey. It's a Except bit... Except for Arsenal, they've been lulled. City got a bite. City got a fucking bite. Everyone's there's, like, these great. There's, there's always game. one team. There's always one team which has an absolute steamroller of a match of their opening match in the World Cup but otherwise it's usually a bit of a shit game your first group match is always a bit shit yeah yeah and this is how this felt a little bit I mean I probably put you up on one thing though to deal with you said Milner had you know he's thinking about you know number of points you know we got he can consider 23 points all 23 of them every motherfucking shitty team that's below us can, can look at those 23 points and go do you really think we're going to drop 23 points? Really? Every fucking little shitty team from Karen Brady's West Ham all the way through to Pep and his Guardiola in bollocks at Man City. Do you think you're going to get 23 points, Pep? Do you? You know you're not. Shut up and sit down. Little fucking boldy shit. That's my rant over on in regards to, you know what, people and nervousness and things about, will we, oh, what if this happens? What if what happens? What precisely nuclear cataclysmic event beyond the coronavirus is going to happen that's going to stop us from winning we, this? That didn't stop us. <laughs> yeah, we we will need. You know what? We will need something like a meteorite hitting the Earth to stop us from winning the league. For fuck's sake, this is the wrong year to joke about that shit. He's going to call into existence, isn't he? That's what he's going to do. No, seriously. seriously. It's a conspiracy theory, and this is a quite good tangent into Lovren, I suppose. It's a conspiracy theory of sorts in regards to, oh, this could happen, that could happen. It it probably won't. Chill out. (laughs) It probably won't. Anyway, speaking of vaccines, has anyone got one for Lovren? We're not going to go there yet because we have callers and... um, Dave, thank you so much for calling. Thank you for the second question. No worries. Take care please, and please, please don't invite a meteorite because you know <laughs> if anything is going to stop us from winning the league, I'm not ruling anything out. So 
Uh, don't invite a meteorite. <laughs> Fair enough. Right. Yeah, it, it could happen the day after. <laughs> no, no, just don't, don't happen. What, the day after tomorrow, kaboom tish. Kaboom tish. Right. I think we have another caller joining us. Hopefully, hopefully. Um, uh, we're a bit rusty here as well. Um, Jamie Book, you there? Hello there. Thank you for having me on. Um, yeah, just a quick question after just watching that pretty terrible game. Um, granted, first game back after a long time, so we are going to be rusty, but um, yeah, it's a bit, but yeah, rusty. But um, what I've been seeing is like Klopp makes just repeated, just weird decisions. Like, for example, Chamberlain on the right, we all know he's not very effective there. And obviously Lovren at the back as well. We could we could have just put Fabinho there, brought on maybe even Mo at the end. It, obviously he wasn't fit enough, but we could have just done something different. But what do you think about Klopp just making repeated decisions that are what we know just aren't that great? Oh, um, uh, you know what, Tadeev, I'm going to come to you because um, of course you know we, we kind of speak about you know tactics and things and I think Ox came on for Minamino and just kind of slotted into his his kind of role there in his position far right and um I mean talk to me about just the club subs in in general I think it's kind of bizarre because you kind of watch the game and you get kind of a nod because for me Tadiva it kind of gave me pre-season vibes but then I understand the logic behind it because we've got to play an awful lot of games in a short period of time so, I mean, what did you make of it? I mean, for me as well, well, we'll talk about the subs and in particular the ones that, you know, um, Jamie kind of highlighted there. But for me, like, when the likes of, say, and we're going to talk about these players in length or we could talk about it now, but, you know, when the likes of, like, say, Naby Keita came off, I felt like we started to look more and more blunt. Yeah, I, I, I have to agree with that. But I think more more so knowing the the background you know the the background inside Liverpool's workings I think we're going to see a lot more formulaic substitutions because we got five substitutions than we usually see from Klopp I wouldn't be surprised you know you mentioned the fact that um, I know Gags mentioned the fact Minamino looked lively we mentioned the fact Cater mm-hmm. looked lively as well that's probably because those were the guys that were told you know Minamino was probably told I'm giving you 45 minutes Kato was probably told, I'm giving you 60 minutes and then you're coming off. Regardless of what's happening in the game, you're coming off in 60 minutes. And I have a feeling that's how Liverpool are going to go through the rest of the season well, and, until we win the title. And then probably, well, you'd hope to, to see a, a lot of the youngsters as well get a run and get, get some experience. But I think it's going to be very formulaic. You're going to be told how many minutes you, you're going to have. Obviously, if injuries happen, then you see the Gomez is having to come on. But it's, it's, it's very sign. It looked very scientific to me. And even if you listen to Klopp speak, I think it was before the match or he was speaking sometime. Um, I, I think he was mentioning the fact that there's some, he's, he's listening to sports science guys and there's some players. For example, Robbo, he probably could tell you, if you asked him, he would say, you know, I'm ready, I can play. But the sports guy and science guys are saying, no, it's not worth the risk. He's not going to play. Don't put him in the squad. Now, the beauty for Liverpool is that a lot of other managers, they, they're the manager. They have the final say. So they, they always want to like throw their weight around. 
So some managers would have been, you know, would have played Robertson, would have asked him, do you want to play? He says, yes. Okay. He knows his body more than anyone else. And he says, he's fine. Okay. I'm going to play him. But with how Liverpool is run at the moment, it's, it's a group effort. It really is from top to bottom. And it includes the sports science and the injuries and substitutions and starting lineups. I think that's probably why I don't get really irritated when, when certain players start games or, get brought on and especially during this time i don't think we should pay too much attention to that and i don't think it's indicative of what we'll see in the future say if someone's starting now does that mean that you know they're they're the star player for the future i think it's very scientific and they're going to stick to that no matter what unless you know god forbid we lose all our games or something and then we need to now go and actually seal the title then maybe it will become more more of the 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 traditional starting guys, but for now they're going to stick to what what the scientists are recommending. For sure. What about you, Harinda? I mean, what did you make of the substitutions? And you know, just just your thoughts in general. You know, Jamie kind of spoke there um, uh, about you know you know Klopp kind of altering maybe maybe the formation a little, you know, changing it up a little. Um, what are your thoughts? I think we got Martin Tyler, man. And by reference to that odious prick is as follows <laughs> Go in, on. The first, in the first half Minamino and, and Gag is right Cato was fucking awesome and yeah. uh, Minamino was a, a good foil as well in regards to that um, towards the end of the first half you have Martin odious prick Tyler turn around and go oh you know Alex Oxley chamberlain yeah, he could be well coming on in this match and taking on the position that Minamino is in you know you have such a great top um end of the campaign previously and he was extremely lively in creating something and, and doing something a bit different or literally waxing lyrical about Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. I'm like going, does Martin Tyler know that he's talking about a Liverpool player, first and foremost? Number two, I then thought to myself, okay, Ox comes on, he plays in that position, he is going to get past a few players, he's going to run to everything, there'll be a bit of a heavy touch and, and then maybe, you know what, if, unless Ox is in the middle, not much is going to happen fantastically. And that's exactly what happened. It literally happened exactly in that way. You know what? He came on, looked really lively, few loose touches, few heavy touches, got past a few people, and then it just settled into the normal rhythm of kind of a bit lost on the right. Through the middle, he would have been motoring through everybody, right? It would have been fantastic. But that's just the situation that we're in currently. Who else was he going to bring on for that position in the right? You look at the subs, subs bench, he had a choice of Ginny, Lovren, Salah, Gomez had already come on. Adrian is a goalkeeper, so he's not going to bring him on. Origi, Origi's usually left. Elliot or Williams. The latter two, Harvey Elliott and Nico Williams, was never going to use any of those two. So it was going to be Ox if Minamina comes off. Salah just isn't fit, isn't ready. That's it. So are you not, are you, are you not? Are you not the same kind of belief of um, Kadiva saying that everything was kind of pre-organised? You're going to come off at this time and then you will come on regardless uh, of what's happening on the pitch? I think there's degrees of pre-ordination, yeah. Mm. Absolutely. Um, in this particular case, it wasn't a case of things being pre-ordained or prescribed in that manner. It was a case of whereby there was going to be nobody else because there is nobody else. So it's going to be him. That's it. It literally is a horses for courses substitution, right? In that split. Mm. Um what do I think overall about what Klopp does in subs and things like that? Sometimes they work. 
you know, when they work really well, no one talks about it. When they don't work so well, then that's the only thing that's. Well, I wouldn't say that's a bit unfair. To you. It wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's the only thing that's talked about, but it seems to it seems to get highlighted a lot more. But we have to give credit where credit is due. This team does seem to know what it's doing most of the time. So. Okay, um, uh, you know what? Um, uh, I think Jamie kind of asked like the question about the subs and things, and you know what? And Gags was like, please talk about some of the players, and I want to get the ugly out of the way straight away. And um, you know, of course. Um, let's talk about Dejan Lovren. Uh, and I, I thought think you were going to talk about Everton then. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I was going to remind you, a Liverpool pod here. <laughs> you know, can I just ask you something about Pickford? Like, Herenda, you were one of the first people that I remember calling him T-Rex during the World Cup, right? You were, you were the first person. I'm sat there, right? And I see him and his proportions are off. Like, we'll talk about Lovren in a minute. His arms are really small. They are, like, it's... Then they're not. They're not. People, we just say that because he can't catch a ball. No, but like, they do look small. Like, I'm not being funny. You would not make it. You, you could not make cabin crew because you need Mate, long arms. It arm. broke my heart that he touched that Fabinho free kick over. Oh, yeah. And he got his hand to, to uh, Trent's one as well. All right, can we, let's talk about, let's talk about Lovren. Okay, um, <laughs> You know what, Lovren, let's talk about Lovren and the evolution of Lovren. So you don't I'll tell you what, Lovren needs to come with his own special PPE for everybody else. We need PPE from Lovren. Okay, look, you know what, I, I generally don't like to put the boot into any player. I don't, because, unless they've really, really hacked me off. And the only players that have done that to me historically have been the likes of Lovren and Skirtle. Post a match against West Ham where we lost, it was my daughter's birthday, and I was absolutely fucking livid in 2015. So it's been five years or so since I've had a cracking good rant about Gage and Lovren. I've not got to start one now. I, I just simply say this you know, as I said, you need some degree of protection against Lovren. When he opens his mouth, when he plays football, there just seems to be something right now um, that doesn't seem to go in his favour. And rightly or wrongly, he's a cult. Yeah, he's had, he has cult status for some of the goals that he scored. Equaliser against Napoli, the goal against Dortmund to beat them um, during the Europa League run. And fair dues to him, he survived at Liverpool for the last five years. We know his time is at an end. I think even he knows his time is at an end, especially this season. I think he spent more time in his native homeland than he has in Liverpool. Yeah. When Lovren came on and they realised they could get past him, Everton thought, fuck, you know what, this is it. This could be our time. And they had that time for approximately 120 seconds. 120 seconds. After that, it didn't really happen again because they shut down. Liverpool shut them down. I think they got a little bit lucky in regards to one move that started going past Lovren and going towards that way um, between the 80th and 90th minute, but then nothing really came of it. But that 75th to 80th minute where they had two attempts within 120 seconds or so that shut everybody up were expected. As I said, that happens every time we go to Goodison. They have a period whereby they do look as if they're about to score. And this time around, they looked like they were going to score without a crowd. I'll tell you one thing. The crowd noise got it completely wrong. For the two attempts in that 122nd period where they could have scored, you didn't get the who's, ah's, ha kind of thing. But when Richarlison fucking hoofs it one 
and there's no way it's going to go in. You get the double whammy of it to, them about to score and all the cheering noises being cut back. There's the failure, really. There's a real failure there. Because with all the crowd noise being pumped in, they should have got that one, right? Because the DVD is going to be fucking shit now. All because they couldn't get the crowd noise at the right time. Me, I just wanted to hear a penalty or something. I mean, to do that. I'm going to come to you. I mean, talk to me about Dejan Lovren. I mean, I've no idea what goes on with this guy. Uh, you know, like, it's it's really bizarre. I, You know, I'm I'm like Harinda. It's really hard. Like, you don't really want to bash players, but it's almost like he, he suffers from hero mentality or something. He wants to do it all. I don't know if he takes too much upon himself. And I think he believes more than his actual ability. It's, he's, he's really, really, he's bad. He's he's really bad. He's 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 not calm. He's panicky. He's he's irrational. He's everything that you do not want in a centre back. Every time he every time he got near the ball, I just it reminded me. Oh, thank God he's not one of our starting centre backs. Like you know, I no ill will against the the person, but speaking of the football and and when he steps over the white line. He's not good enough to be a starter at Liverpool. Um, and unfortunately, he, you know, he's got that David Luiz in him where he's going to make a mistake and it, it might cost you. And I think, um, anytime he simplifies his game, just get the ball, pass it off, get the ball, pass it off, or, you know, give the guy a little bit more space than what he was giving Richarlison. Um, he was getting way too tight on him. I think whenever he simplifies his game, he, he, he can, get away with it and we can get out of the game with, with him being in it. But it's it's really scary. And I think more so now that we've seen the likes of um, Van Dyke and Matip when they were really cooking. We had Van Dyke and Gomez when they were really cooking. So the standard has gone up as well at Liverpool. And then when he comes on and he does what he was doing, reflects really really poorly on him um it's a human equivalent of a throwback thursday to 2013 <laughs> or, or 2015 or whatever <laughs> it's, a, it's a it's a reminder of where you've come from so yeah. maybe that's where he maybe he's, there. There. maybe he's he's there because klopp just wants us to remember remember where you were before before we sorted this out so don't get too cocky um yeah but Look. And to Diva, you know what was a bigger problem was that he took away the chance to bring Mo on for 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. That everyone went into even deeper shit at that point. As a fan, all I was seeing everywhere, whether it was Twitter, my WhatsApps, um, you know, I was on a Zoom call with um, some friends for the first half. I, I, I couldn't con- concentrate on the game, so I, took, I, went, I was off it for the second half. Um, I just, it, it just was a double whammy of depressing things happening in the game. He came on, we started looking like a bag of shite at the back, and then people were like, no Mo now. Because everybody, if you if you notice, during that second half, everyone's like, yeah, can't wait till Mo comes on. Can't wait till Mo comes on. He's the saviour now, but when he's playing, everyone's absolutely <laughs> ripping him. <laughs> so, you can't have it both ways, folks. Um, but yeah, it's. I think it just was everything, and I think a lot of people had to go at the subs. And I think everything was thrown off by the Milner one straight away. Yeah. He was expecting Milner to go a lot longer than 45 minutes, I think. And he's the, normally the fittest one in the squad. So, you know, I think everything was thrown off after that. Mo was definitely going to get 20 minutes. Things might have been different. But, and um, also, if, if Milner's on the pitch, then Gomez comes. Um, 
which when Matip gets injured, Gomez comes on for him. Absolutely, mate. Yeah, it's exactly. like a domino effect, exactly. isn't it? That's and it feels more... Monk, yeah. To be fair to Gomez, man, he looked really good down the left in terms of pace and giving width. Way more, way better than uh, Milner had done it. I know nothing, it never led to anything, but at least it was the width there that was lacking the balance in the first. Uh, but yeah, uh, back to Lovren, if I can have my say, I, like Bardi said, you hate sticking the boot in, but you can't help it, man. He's, he's doing things right now on and off the pitch that go against literally the fabric of the club. I mean, yep. uh, of, of support well, around the world. <laughs> I Every single right. thing he's doing, one, he's like something about Trump. Now, don't matter yep. where you sit at the moment on that side of you, you know, the, doing something like that, modern day in this world right now as a player, you know, you're going to get caught doing it. It's going to, you're going to get a backlash, mate. The second thing, right, is, um, what was the other one? Um, oh, he actually liked, he liked to tweet about someone having a go at Carragher. Proper smashing Carragher, right? So straight away, you're saying you got a massive problem with Carragher as well. That's not going to do you any favours as well. He is literally just making... And then when he comes on, he's the biggest bag of shite you've seen. And I know people will have a go at me that I'm having a go at a player, but say what you fucking see. Anfield Index has always said, say what you see. What do you see when he comes on? It's shit. I'll say what I see. Champions League final. World Cup final. Yeah, I'm one of the best defenders <laughs> in the world. And I'm quite good. It'd be nice if somebody else said it, not who. I'll tell, tell you what I see. I see Salah spitting in his fucking coffee tomorrow. That's what I see. You know Salah doesn't get the Starbucks order? I bet you fucking gets it tomorrow. And then some. Um, right, I got you some coffee. <laughs> the, the only thing that's getting in his favour is I think he's a good lad with the boys. I do believe that he's a good lad with the boys that like him. Um, I think that he's, um, you know, he's a popular figure in terms of when you watch all the videos, he's funny and he gets on with, well with them all. I think ability-wise, um, sorry, the, the, this is this is the weakest player in the squad now. Absolutely the weakest link in the squad. Yeah. And we, we have Lalanda and Klein still on the books. That's That's the weakest link on the squad. So from my point of view... He has to go, and we have to buy a player replacement. We have to. I, I think even playing Hoover would be fine in comparison to that. That that boy oozes oozes relaxed. You know, he's he just seems so much calmer. But um, yeah, I'm sorry to stick the boot in first game back on one player, but um, Jesus Christ, did the fan base go crazy when um, he was on the pitch? And if you have a reaction like that, um, and it's literally unanimous, then sorry about. Sorry, sorry about him. Really. Yeah, it was really bad. It was, it was pretty no, horrendous. No free, no free headphones will get you out of this one, Dixie. Yeah, <laughs> somebody's probably using them to strangle him. No, I think they're wireless. No, but seriously, he was, he was really, really deluded as as a player. But yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't the best. And hopefully, um, hopefully somebody takes him off our books because I, I don't want him around anymore. Like, I'm just going to be honest with you. He just, he triggers anxiety. But you know what? We've had Jamie there sat listening to everything. So I'm going to bring him back in. Jamie, you've kind of heard our kind of conversation there. I'll let you have the final say. Um, well, yeah, I just agree with everything you just said about Lovren. Like, how many times 
Clark when you see him fuck up, which is what my main quest, like, what, how many times, like, just thinking back, 16, 17 was it, the Tottenham away at Wembley, countless games before, under Brendan, obviously, horrendous, but everyone was, so, okay, but so many, granted, right, Dortmund, good, good, great goal to win that tie, played well against Ronaldo in Kiev, but the, the shit games massively outweigh anything he does that is good. But when people say it's good, he's good, most of the time it's actually really a six, a six out of ten at best because his scale of good is so so below anyone else because we, we're used to seeing his, his par is shite, mm. really. So it's just, it, it's beyond belief. Like we, like, we could have brought Hoover on. We could have put Fabinho at centre-back and then also put Fabinho at centre-back, put Chamberlain into the midfield and then brought Salah on for 10 minutes. Like, and if Salah's on the bench, he's got 10 minutes in him at least, I would say. So it's just annoying. And it, it's just, it's, it's saying, like, you can blame Lovren, but it's Klopp is who's the one that's playing it. It's repeat behaviour from him. Again, putting Chamberlain on the right, as I said before, he does that all the time. Well, I know it's sometimes out because we have no other option. But he's still doing it. And, and with, we, we do have other options. We can move. Even Ginny's played on the wing. Like he, I'm not saying that is a better option. But it's just something else to think about. We know Chamberlain. He, he's had, he, he has scored a couple of goals from that position. But really, on the whole, he does pretty much nothing. But Lovren, we just can't defend. No one can defend him anymore. It's just proper. It's just horrendous. Cool. Mine's the Lovren bit there, Jamie. That same club has got us to 83 points. And we win no, the league yeah, title. I agree. No, I, obviously, yeah, I love Klopp. With the likes and, uh, of Chamberlain, with the likes of Ginny in certain positions and playing them in the way that they do. He's not, he, he still should get criticised when he does things wrong. Now, he, he is the, big, the the greatest manager I've seen Liverpool have in my 24 years of living, but he still he still fucks up. We can't deny that. Like I, obviously, um, I, love I, I don't deny that, but I just don't think that this is... I think when you're in a position whereby, as the others have already attributed... Milner's gone off in the first half. It throws out your plans in regards to who you can use, when you can use them, and then when you've you know, only like, got the when, when you've only got one peg you can put in, you're going to put that peg in. He's not going to put Elliot to play that wing position. He's not going to have it. Yeah, yeah, I agree, Jamie. I know what you're saying. I think, but, but the sub the sub situation, I think, because Fabad played the was playing the full ninety, and he was looking leggy actually towards the end as well. Janine, come on. I think Milner had gone off. Hendo was going to be, you know, leggy as well. I think all the midfield options had gone as well at that point. So to push Fab in the back, it was going I to be a, a real open a game. Option and bringing on Lovren, though. I'm sorry, we've seen Fabinho's done it at centre back a few times, and he's done well. And Lovren's just a car crash it's almost every single minute. I think Fab's really done well when preparing for it, Jamie. Absolutely, when they when they when they know that they had to prepare for Bayern and they had to do it in another game. I think Fab's yeah. been right, but we don't know how he would react to do it within a game, mid 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 game. It might have been a car crash as well. It's Fair you know enough, we'd be assuming to be honest. All know, I think do we you know? all. I, I accept that point completely, and you could be right, but we all know. Like we've all just said it. Look, we know Lovren is seventy percent of the time is a car crash. Thirty percent is okay, just okay, not great. Like so, it's just one of them, isn't it? Yeah, I understand. It's the, it's our first game back. We've, we had injuries today with Milner and Matip, and it is difficult. But I still think there's things we could. And at the end of the day, we've got a point. It's not the end of the world. We're going to win this league by a hell of a long way, which is obviously great. It's amazing. But it's, it's, 
it's more of the repeated pat the repeated decisions that we already know are wrong. Um, it just pisses me off, and hopefully, this just it drives us into the transfer market this summer because if we go if we have another window without buying anyone, especially we need backup backup at left back, centre back to replace Lovren, and then um, obviously another front three player. But um, we just we can't keep standing still because eventually we will get caught up and we'll be in a bit of a sticky situation again, and we just don't want that to happen. Jamie, do you know, do you know what the thing is? Um, and I think you touched on a point that's um, quite good in terms of with Klopp, and and I understand where you're coming from in the sense that you know you can separate the issues. You pointing out something doesn't necessarily mean you're saying Klopp isn't great or you don't love him or anything mm. like that. Um, but with with Klopp and when it comes to Lovren, if Lovren's on the bench and Lovren needs, and Klopp needs a centre back to come on, he's always going to put Lovren on. Even if Hoover's on the bench, even if Vandenberg is on the bench, Klopp will always bring the president is there. He's shown it. He'll always bring Lovren on. The only solution is to take away Lovren from Klopp. Yeah. That's the only way he's not going to come on. He wants um, to carry him off to Mars. <laughs> but the problem, so Lovren has, I think, a year left on his contract, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. Um, my worry though, uh, is that considering the pandemic and considering the limited resources we have going into the transfer window is the club might just think, look, we may have, we may as well just keep him for one more season because we already know what we're going to get from him and we can't afford to bring in, uh, sure. you know, a, a, a squad player center back. Um, as good or as bad as that may sound, I, I can see them thinking that way. I mm. wouldn't we, be surprised if they even extended his contract by a year or two just oh to God, keep his no, value no, so no, they no, can no. sell him later on. We, we, we but that, that that's my concern. And if that. that does happen and he does stay, then we're going to see a lot more of him coming on. But I do agree with you in the sense that we know what we're going to get from Lovren. He's at best a squad player that's going to cause problems and we're going to concede. It's true. <laughs> It's true. We're going to concede goals because of him, unfortunately. He'll pop up with the odd goal. He's really good and aggressive in the air, so that's good. But to pretend that you know he, he's the second coming, I don't think is, is right. The only thing that can stop him playing for Liverpool is if he's no longer at Liverpool. It's the same situation with Lalana in terms of whenever Lalana is fit and available, he gets minutes. Irrespective of what anyone thinks of Lalana. When Klopp is there and Lallana's on the bench, he always seems to get minutes. The only way he's not going to get minutes is if he's not at the club. And they're blocking minutes for people, for Hoover. They're blocking Curtis Jones in Lallana's case. And that's another really frustrating thing. Like Proving dog shit players are blocking players with great potential. And it's just because Klopp, it's, it's, his, it's his thought pattern. Just bring on, in his mind, the reliable sort who could do something okay. When they're not even, they're not okay. They're far from okay. They're completely horrendous, and they're costing us points. And they, how many they... points have they cost us? Lovren, well, Lovren, no, no, one game sorry, Jay, calculating it wise, we've we've drawn two games and lost one. We ain't we lost a lot lost. of points. We ain't lost a lot of points. The but team in second, the team in second place has drawn though, one yeah. and lost seven. I think you know just to settle this whole um uh, this whole point about our youngsters. One thing I have kind of noticed with Jurgen Klopp is he's kind of given like the. I mean, I, I know like Carabao Cup will not be a thing for next season, but I think what he does is he uses the youngsters more for like the League Cup and the FA Cup. Let's not forget our toddlers absolutely smashed Everton. 
<laughs> it was quite fun to watch, actually. I remember that like 84 years ago. Um, it was a hilarious game of football. But I think what Klopp is doing is with those kids is he's, it's almost like we're trying to take the pressure off the kids in the league. I think once the league is wrapped up, Jamie, if I'm absolutely honest, and I don't think Klopp will really care about all oh, having the most points. I think we just want to win the league. I think once that pressure is off, I think that's when you see more of the kids. But to counter that point, though, we see these kids play in higher pressure situations. And when we see them in the League Cup, they're all playing together, which is great. But we need to see the likes of Jones playing playing with Salah, playing with Manny, so he can then put those balls through to them. Then he's got more chance of getting an assist and gaining that confidence. He's got more chance of setting up goals for Salah and Manny than he is for Divock Origi, just because they're better finishers. And they can Jones make... did come on against Bournemouth, right? When we were like in yeah, a really comfortable position, which is exactly how you're supposed to bring these kids on, because I think what we're kind of guilty of in the past is as a club, and we'll move on because we are, we are like pressed for time on callers, but one thing that I have noticed is um, we don't want to make the mistakes of like what we did with like the likes of Raheem Sterling where we put a lot of pressure on a kid. Yeah, we went too far that way with Sterling and we played him too much too soon. But he's not, he's not the same as Erwin. Like he's still staying fit now, which is, for a City perspective, good. And wanting, wanting to see Sterling do well as a player is a good thing. But um, just... but. We need to get like Curtis Jones and Elliot. Val- it's, just, it's about having valuable minutes. Them playing League Cup games or FA Cup games against pretty poor opposition is still good to a certain extent, but it's not. But then we're giving minutes to Lalana and Lofrey. But there's no point. We know what they're going to do. If they're not going to cost us, they're going to be bang average. Where we could give those to Hoover, to Jones, to Elliot. And we but can Jamie, speak, I think in a game in the balance, minutes. I think it's good management to bring them on when you're comfortable because you get a chance to have no pressure and do do your thing, build build up some time with the mm. team, with the first team in a game, so that once the time does come, say, 10, 10, after they've had 10, 15 appearances like that, when the time does come that they have to be thrown in, they're, they're used to playing with those players on that pitch under, some, under that, you know, in, in that frantic level, but uh, at 18, 19 years old to come in when it's nil-nil and some of your players are tired after a first game back after three months, I think it's asking a bit much, mate, to be honest. I think, um, you know, I'm maybe sorry, later down the line it'll happen. Fit, but I would have happily today. Not, like, I, I, imagine, I just imagine, let me give you this. Imagine if Curtis Jones came on, gave the ball away and they scored. You're destroying your kid's... You know, a confidence pretty much. I That's why Klopp doesn't I, do it. I know what you're saying. I get, they get what you're saying, but I honestly don't. It's protection as well. You know, quality. And like, look, look at Trent. Trent's the prime example. Nathaniel Klein gets new, then Trent and Gomez rotate throughout that season, and look how far they've both come off the back of that. If you give them the chance, I think Trent was rated as that probably one of the best things to come out of the academy for yeah, but years Trent, and years Trent, and years by everybody well. that was working with him. Yeah, I know, I get that. And, but I think J- Jones is, hopefully, I don't know for sure, but I think... Also, a lot of like, people forget this as well. Sorry, Jamie, to cut you off. Pep, Linder, okay. jo- Pep Linders joined the um, the team, as in joined the first team, at the same time as Trent started to come through. Pep Linders has a massive hand in bringing Trent into this first team as well um, and getting that ear of Klopp's. And I'm telling you, it's... He owes a lot to Pep Linders as well because mm-hmm. he managed him in the youth team through that. And then as soon as he got, they, there was a, you know, that rise was together. 
So, yeah. you know, I mean, it, it, it uh, just I... takes a bit of luck as well sometimes. So I know what you're trying to say, but not today. I don't think that's today. Yeah, I yeah, think right? one I thing we that's... also need to remember is Klopp comes from okay. from the German mentality of obviously studying football there, where their youth teams go up to under 23, and it's like a competitive youth team at under 23, not the, the way it is in the Premier League. And for them, youngsters get eased into the team you get the the odd trends and for example the Kai Harvards if you want to speak mm. German football that do break through but the majority of them only really break through a bit later on because they allow them to grow you put mm. them in every now and then in games and we've seen that with the Curtis Jones he gets minutes every now and then and if, if you look at the way Klopp has managed Liverpool I think he comes with that mentality Trent only came in because of the injury to Klein I don't think he would have come in for as long as he did without that injury, I think they would have eased him in the same as they're doing as they're doing with the other kids. Um, but but they still eased him. They still eased him with swapping him with Gomez like the whole season. Yeah, they didn't yeah, give him the but, whole year. They had to play, you know, gradually build his minutes throughout the throughout the year, and then the next year for him to become full. You know, if you if you go and have a look at the fatigue and this stuff, it wasn't like here you go, Trent. That's your position. Now you stay there forever. Literally, they swapped every game. Yeah, because they, 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 you can't build the load too much on them in terms of first team football. And then also, I think the, the important thing as well is knowing that, um, you can see with the likes of Jones that, um, they're going to be here for a long time. So we, I don't think we need to rush them. And we've still got players like Lalana and stuff who, um, might not necessarily be the favorite player. He's definitely got, you know, he splits the fan base, but he knows Klopp's system in and out 100%. If you wake him up in the middle of the night and you ask him where he should be when the ball is in this position, he can tell you if he's half asleep. His ability might not be to the level of some of the starters, but in terms of his knowledge of what Klopp wants him to do, it's undeniable. I think it's the same with Lovren in terms of, Klopp knows he can he Klopp knows that Lovren knows what Klopp wants from him. But the execution of it is not necessarily <laughs> always. I don't know. We've seen him fuck up too many times now. And they get get your point that they've they've been in they've been there and done it for years and that's great. But it gets to a point when their experience has just been Lovren has had more bad experience than good experience. But we're not disputing that, Jamie. We are absolutely not disputing that for a second. I mean, I think we could talk about this all day and I don't think anyone is going to come to anyone's reasoning of thinking. But I don't think anyone disagrees with you, Jamie. Uh, We we are pressed for time. So I really want to thank you for your call. No problem. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, hopefully it's a win next week and the next game and we're all buzzing. Cheers, thanks. Take care. Wouldn't be a show without a little bit of a debate there. I love that. It's good to be back. It really is good to be back. I, 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 I kept my mouth shut. I didn't say that Lilana played in the 5-2 when we beat Everton. <laughs> I didn't. I completely forgot he was part of that. Okay. <laughs> I, I'd love him started. <laughs> I can't, but I forgot all about that. I love him started the 5-2. Oh, you know, I'm glad he came to you. 
I'm glad it came to you later because we would have been on this call for like three days. So we see, uh, Jamie, Jamie Book, thank you so much for your call. We are joined by another caller, familiar voice. I'm really happy. It's G's on Toast. Welcome back to the show, Steve. Hi, it's Nick, not Steve, but hi. Sure. It's, it's sure. great to be back. <laughs> I literally typed Nick as well. I literally typed Nick. That's brilliant. Oh, my God. <laughs> Steve Pizza and Cheese on Toast is Nick. I mean, I understand that, the, you know, pizza and cheese on toast, they're quite similar, so I understand that. Toast is a golden standard of podcasting. Ka- Kaza just adds uh, her own tomato sauce all by herself. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. You know what though? Can I just say something? If I've ever butchered your name at any point, it, it means I really like you. Great, thanks. That's that's uh oh, I take it as a compliment. Brilliant. Do you know the story about we went to an event with um, Sam who's a he's a regular contributor Sam Evans, as well. Sam Evans and she called him Steve the whole night. And at the end of the night he goes why do you keep calling me Steve? And I went, because it's your name? I need my name, so Oh, dear me. Anyway. Yes, yeah, so sorry. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, I, I, I just wanted to come back to um, Minamino. I, I thought um, it was great to see him getting a start. And he seemed like one of the best players in the first half. He, he was involved in quite a lot of certainly quite a lot of the forward movements we had. And uh, I think he's, he's he's clearly been been improving in the past three months, you know, tactically and, and maybe bulking up a little bit also, you know, to get used to the physicality of the Premier League. So uh, it was really surprising to see him subbed off at half-time. So, uh, I mean, I saw, you know, Ox came on and I'm not sure Ox did any better than Minamino, really. So what's, uh, what's the thinking behind that? What do you think? Well, you know what, Nick, we kind of spoke about the whole subs and how they were kind of done. And, um, you know, um, Tadeva kind of spoke about um, maybe it was all kind of, um, you know, sort of preordained and everything was kind of, you know, you're playing this amount of minutes. So that's why, you know, give it your all kind of thing. So um, we we won't touch too much about the sub aspect of things. I've got an opinion on it. I I missed that bit by Tadeva, to be honest. I didn't think it was a planned one. I thought it was because he, he I, I personally thought he made the sub because he thought there was a lack of balance. Now, Tacky did well. well. They call him Tacky, don't they, in the team? I love that. Tacky, Tacky. Yeah. We should well. There should be a song as well. Yeah, that, that's it. He should have a song for that. Tacky, Tacky. We should actually sing it. Anyway, um, I actually thought that he had a good game, but he was literally coming in to play 10, you know, false nine. And, and, and that was the problem. There was then nothing going on on the right. Um, and it meant. You know, literally no one running in behind. I think Simon Brunches was just saying it on Twitter as well in that conversation with us. None of them were running in behind the, the team. And so they needed someone to do that running if they could. What he did do when he did come in was all good quality stuff. Some of the things didn't fall their way. Unfortunately, they were doing nice leaves, nice switches, nice little link-ups. On All of it looked good to the eye. You could see that more time together, it's going to click and it's going to work. Um, but it meant that there was imbalance. And I thought he had to make the change because he wanted someone to try and hold that width and get Trent more involved with them. And that led to, it's a, that has its own other problems with Hendo over there as well. Honestly, it's just a big mishmash down that right. You had Taki going in, you had Hendo and Trent deciding, not deciding what to do at all in each other's way on the right. So none of them going further enough. And then in the second half, Ox came on and literally for the first 
30, 40, 35 minutes of that half, he did nothing. He did nothing. So the sub in the end turned out to be a big fat dud. It was rubbish. How but long does that been why been maybe it was going to be done because it, it because of that imbalance? But it's it solved nothing. But it's tag, if um, talking about the imbalance, is that not something he could mention to Taki at halftime? But Taki's like not a coming... winger, dude. He's not gonna. He's not gonna. If he, he he's very ineffectual, isn't he? At that run, he wants a ball to feed. He wants to press. If you notice the press from um uh, from from a win from him, he, he won a he won the ball. Shot. Yeah, it led to a shot. And yeah. a good in a good chance. At the end of the day, he was doing everything right. He needs to be more central. And I was saying this to Rory on Twitter, Rory Greenfield, that if you want, um, you know, I don't think you can play Bobby and Taki together unless it's a four-two-three-one now, and it's one or the other. So he's got some decisions to make. That's going to be the issue. But then, then again, that's the old question of then why is Klopp playing him at right wing? I suppose, which was the the yeah. argument that that Jamie was making earlier, is that I'm going to sound really bizarre now. But you know, when we actually signed Minamino, and I had the you know the the, the pleasure of speaking to Tom Mid Tom Midler from um the other other Bundesliga podcast. Of course, they cover um they covered Minamino. You know, Minamino. Oh God, uh, I did not mess up like John Barnes, but uh, he covered Minamino, and he said he can play. I'm pretty sure he did say he can play. As 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 a as a as a right winger, almost like he could, we could use him as a double up to Mo Salah. I think, so, I think it's I think it's there if the instruction is given. I don't know yeah. if if it was a, a stern enough instruction that hugged the touchline because mm. there was, as as Gag said, there was no inclination of him hugging the touchline in that mm. game, and I think they allowed him to do that, and not necessarily that he was doing something wrong. It's just then that maybe Klopp wanted something different. Yeah. And that was going on and did stay right though, didn't he? Yeah. So, I mean, let's kind of speak about um, Minamino. Let's kind of talk about his, um, you know, I think a lot of people were excited to see him uh, um, uh, in, in the lineup. And Harinda, I'll come to you first. I mean, talk to me about his, uh, what you kind of liked about him because I was kind of paying a lot of attention to him. And one thing that I did like was there was a lot of willingness to kind of get the ball. And something that kind of frustrated me in the first half, and this just wasn't him. It was just like, just in general, I felt like the final ball quality wasn't quite there. And sometimes he, I felt like, you know, like he wasn't quite as alert as getting the ball. And I think that's not him in terms of lack of quality and ability. To me, it just felt like the only times I've really seen Minamino play has been in like the FA Cup with the kids. You know, this was like my first ever real, real taste of him in the first team. Um, I think it's a little bit of ring rustiness, so to speak, because yeah. positionally he seemed to be doing the right things. And you remember the old school pass and move groove that you used to talk about? Mm-hmm. In the first half, you see it in abundance and you see it from two players, Keita and Minamino. Everything was pass, move, move into another position, get the ball, give it, keep going. And, you know, trying the intricacies in regards to um, everything, even with um, Firmino's shot that kind of is not a very good shot. Um, that whole passage of play and the intricacies associated with it was great. You know, I sat there and thought, okay, this is it's actually looking quite nice. It's looking quite tidy. Um, and I don't come with super high expectations of Minamino taking over the league overnight. It's, it's going to be a slow burn. It's going to be change. For what he was doing um, for Red Bull is different. 
It's completely different. He knew about system inside out. He knew exactly how they were playing. He knew everything about it. And he was used to the pace. He was used to absolutely everything. He's not used to us yet right now. But he will get there. But he could because these are the foundations, right? Cater used to be like this a little bit. People used to get frustrated with Cater doing the same things. Today, could anybody say Cater was now man of the match? Hand on heart. In the yeah, first half, which was, yeah. which was much better than the second half by a country mile, Cater was everywhere. It was fucking awesome. But when we're talking about Minamina, so I won't go into Cater here. Um, so I, I think give Minamina the time that he deserves. He'll just prove us right. Seven and a bit million put in context. There you go. There you go. And what about you, Steve? I mean, what did you make about his performance? What I mean, was he one of the players that you were quite excited to see in the starting lineup? Yeah, I was very excited to see him in the lineup. And especially, you know, we were all hearing about how well he was doing in training. I think him and Kader were some of the standout players in training throughout this um, mini preseason. So I was, I was keen to see what he could bring in terms of link-up play um, it's obviously going to come with time, but the important thing was he wasn't shying away from the ball. And it's very easy when you're playing a f- one of the front players to not get the ball if you really don't want it. Uh, you can you can easily make yourself marked by someone else, and then you're no longer an option. But he was showing for the ball. He was willing to make runs. There were a few dummies that he was trying with players that would have worked if you know if maybe he was playing at RB and and he was in sync with the uh, Haaland or something or you know players that he's played with but some of our players weren't expecting that dummy from him and you know they then didn't make the run behind that he was expecting them to make so these kind of things will come with time but the important thing is he's his football brain is at a really high level and that's only going to help us when it comes to him linking up with the um, you know, the Salas, the Manes, the Firminos, these are really, really intelligent players that enjoy movement and having players move in and, and around. And do you think we could, I mean, I hate to kind of do this. It kind of reminds me of the Gerard and Lampard debate. Can you have them in the same team? But can you have Firmino and Minamino in the same team? I think you can, I think you can because they're, they're both smart enough mm. to to play in and around each other. The only problem is they're both, basically they're both used to being the Femina of the team. So it's going to take a while for either one of them to decide, okay, who's actually going to be the Femino and who's going to be the guy running in and around that player. So one of them is going to be the focal, the other can run off him. Uh, You know, usually, and understandably Firmino's got that role and hence why I'm calling it the Firmino role now. So either it's um, Taki coming in and learning to play in and around Firmino now, or him coming in and taking over from Firmino. If, you know, if he's feeling that bullish and, and um, keen for a challenge, but I definitely think they're smart enough to play together and they've, they've both got enough movement in and around them. It's just a matter of how you fit them in together and how you make sure that the balance of the rest of the team doesn't get affected by them playing together.
Looks like Nina's talking, but on mute. So, you know, we'll... <laughs> Sorry, I was on mute. I was on mute. I was just going to say, yeah, um, I'm really looking forward to that. That'll be quite interesting. I think it's something that Jürgen Klopp will have to speak to him as well, because I don't want that whole, you know, nonsense of, you know, the whole Emre Jan and Henderson midfield, like which one drops deep, which one stays. You know, they, they, there needs to be a concise plan as to which one goes where and who does what. It could mean that maybe a Minamino actually has to play a more of a 10 role. Maybe we play a diamond with that, that front three. You know, and we change it up in the midfield slightly. I don't know. It's it's going to have to change. Something will have to give. I mean, uh, Gads, Harind, have you got anything to add on Minamino? No, mate. I think everyone's done a good job on him. I think there's a lot of good stuff to come. And I think we're quite excited to see more of him, right? We want to see more of him because that's the only way he's going to get better. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's time to discuss the one man. Everybody, you Nabi, need- lad. You need to discuss Nabi. We will, we will. Um, I'll just quickly go back to Jesus Antos, let him have his final say, and then we'll finish off on, uh, you know, Nabi lad. Uh, yeah, thanks. Um, the only other thing I was going to add, and maybe it's it's taking the conversation away from Nabi, is um, where's Shakiri? He wasn't even on the bench. You know, Arie, Alex, and Elliot even all got ahead of him. Is he still injured, or what's going on there? You know, I, I miss him. Yeah, his big thighs are saving lives. I have no idea what's going on with him. I think there was like a, a briefing with the press and stuff on Friday, and I think they said he won't be part of the squad. I think I heard, I read something from some of the journalists, guys. I don't know what's going on with him. It looks like he's he said, on his he way said out. He this, said this before the game today. He said that he's not on his, he didn't say he's on his way out. He said before the game today that the three people that were uh, kind of showing injuries were Mo, Robbo and Shaq. And that Shaq's the furthest away, but they're not major injuries, and that they'll all be back soon. Oh, uh, his, his, his calves are still injured then. Okay, I get it. He's still recovering. Still yeah. recovering. Yeah. Yeah. To be fair, they are massive calves. Yes, yes. It must take a lot longer to recover than normal people. To be fair, they're on timeshare with the Hulk. <laughs> yeah. And one month, Shaq gets them. The other month, they're with the Hulk. June is a Hulk month. There you go. We'll see. I'll, we'll see him I'll be surprised if he plays again for Liverpool, but we'll see. I wouldn't be. I think we'll see him once we've won the league. It'll we'll be see. a miraculous recovery. Well, you know what? It's a bit of a crying shame as well because I remember last season how how good he was when he played those um, that portion of games around about Christmas time. You know, it kind of does hurt because I thought he was a really interesting, a really good inclusion to to this team. I remember, I think it was Southampton. He put in a performance, and if he didn't get subbed at half time, he would have got man of the match. I would have really given it him. You know, um, he did put in some good performances, but yeah, it'll be really interesting to see that one. But Nick, but yeah, Nick, thank uh, you yeah. so much. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, and the two goals against United, I'll just always oh, remember. Oh, gosh, yes. And, you know, it had Gary Neville seething, it did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, Nick, thank you so much for your call. Cheers, thank you. Yeah, see you later. Take care. Okay, so that was Nick Turner, our final caller of this Nina Carter show. Now it's just myself and the panel. And you know what? We've got to talk about Navi Kater. I mean, Harinda, I'll, I'll come to you first on this one. First of all, he, he's, he's exceptional. I love the fact that he, again, takes the ball. He wants to dribble. He runs into space. He creates space. You know, he's smart. He's intelligent. Um, 
I I was really impressed with him. I felt like, you know, as soon as he came off, and that's no slight on any player that came on in his place, but I felt like as soon as he came off, I felt like we kind of lost a lot of willingness. And, you know, I felt like we lost a lot of creativity as well. Um, uh, You know, he, he was... He had a really, really positive game. I think he had a really, I didn't watch the Blackburn game, but everyone was really, really hyped up about him. And it's just the case with Naby Keita is, please keep him fit. It's one of them, like, please God, just keep him fit. Because that's the only thing that kind of derails him is his own injury record. But the quality is there. The ability is there. We see it. We get hooked. We get excited. But bloody hell, he, you know, an injury comes, it strikes him, and then we lose him for a short period of time, a long period of time. And then he's kind of finding his feet again. And I feel like it's a rinse-repeat cycle with him. With Nabi, there's that childlike mesmerization, excitement and happiness all rolled into one whenever he's playing. Just that look on his face with that big beaming smile. You know what? Everything he's going through, everything he's doing, and it's going well, and you can just see it on his face. I love that. I absolutely love that. Leaving all the technical bits aside, I absolutely love that about Nabi. And that degree of exuberance means that he plays with such passion, and he just seems to exude through everything he does now. Yeah. So today, when he was just waltzing past Everton, there's a bit where, do you remember when he did that turn against Crystal Palace? Literally, and he's out wearing his own half. He was in line with me and uh, a very good friend of the show and myself, um, and Baji. He's right in line with us, and he literally just turns their defender and he goes streaking up the other half. It's just a shame he didn't finish with a goal. He did the same kind of turn today against Everton. Absolutely embarrassed the the two that are around him at that point in time, and just set off. And I was like, okay, this is brilliant. You know, I want to see this again and again and again. Um. He's intelligent, he's clever, you know what? He doesn't just stick to the middle, he goes around to one side. He'll link up with Nabi on, sorry, Na, um, with Sadio on one side. He'll, na- he'll connect with Fabinho, he'll connect with Jordan Henderson, he'll connect with anything around him. You know what? Just so fluid. And what can you say to that? You know, as I said, he was just everywhere. Um, which is a shame, as I said, in regards to the whole super passage of movement at 34th minute that Firmino didn't bury it. Had he done so, the plaudits would have been with between Firmino, Mane, Keita, Melamino, literally everybody, because the way that they all connected and the way they moved was scintillating, right? But continuing, continuously scintillating was Keita. For me, just think he's great. Go on, Nabi lad. Anyways, Nabilad, absolutely wonderful. And, you know, please stay fit because we really do need you. You inject so much into that midfield. Uh, Tadeva, you talk to me. Um, uh, give me your thoughts on, on Nabi Kata and then we will close this show off because it's getting very, very late, people. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought he played well. He looked really lively, probably looked the most lively player on the pitch, I thought. Um, good movement with the ball, aggressive with the ball, keen to go forward with it as well. I think the only concern is just can we keep him on the on on the pitch, and him coming off isn't a surprise. We've got to wrap him in cotton wool. He's got to be put on like the storage program or whatever you know, or a, a more efficient storage program. Um, he's he's one of those players that I think we have to keep an eye on and hope that the injuries are are behind him. And it was just because it seemed like they were they were fluke injury. It wasn't like he had an injury record or anything like that. Like let's say Sturridge but um, yeah they were coming thick and fast in terms of this game I thought he was the standout player 
no, he really was. He really was. Um, uh, and hopefully we, we see more of him. I, I like his kind of um, attacking kind of mindset into that, in, in that midfield. And you know what? We really needed it today, especially I think Gags touched on it as well with the fact that the front three did not play and we, we need that front three. So he definitely added something and a bit of diversity. I, I love Naby Keita. I just want him to stay fit. I also hate the fact that he gets injured and, you know, that's it. People just start turning on him. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. I think the quality's there. I think we see it. <clears throat> and um, there was just a lot of stupid rumours that, oh, he's off, he's gone, he's not settled in. I don't understand it. I never will. Um, he's great. I, I've, I've got nothing else to say about him. He would. He is the man of the match. I, I don't care. I, I would give it to him. But, guys, we have come to the end of the show. Before I let you go, um, you might as well give me your man of the match shouts, um, uh, actually. Um, so, Harinda, I will come to you. The red banner for Carlo Ancelotti. Fuck me. <laughs> how, how did they get that one in the stadium? How did they get that one in the stadium? A red banner. Red. For the Everton manager. These lot have a fucking fit when um, they got red bulbs on a Christmas tree. But was mm-hmm. it Ronnie Koeman back in the day? Yeah. <laughs> so, a, a red banner. In Goodison. Tell you people... Go- Jobs will be gone in the morning. Hey, I tell you what, though, Carlo Ancelotti has really nailed down his allegiance. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but he had a blue top on. And I think he's been dabbling with purple shampoo because his hair had a blue tinge to it. I think he's taking slimming pills. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what's been going on there. And um, to do that, what about you? I mean, I spoke about Naby Keita there, but oh my God, Alison saves. You know, that's a good shout as well, considering. Yeah, he. And. I think Allison, he's the type of keeper that, because we expect that high standard from him now, it, it goes missing in games when he does awesome things. We've done a whole podcast and haven't mentioned him. Um, but sure as hell, we would have needed him against like an Atletico, for example. Oh, gosh, he would yes. have pulled off saves. Um, yeah, so he played well, but I think just the, the anticipation of Naby playing, um, him actually kind of living up to the expectations, not necessarily in terms of, solid end result in goals and assists but the the potential is there i think in terms of allison um he's a close second but nabby for me yeah nabby for me as well um i was just really impressed with Alison. i think i was just excited to see him back and it's good that you know i always always talk about goalkeepers and like how they need to stay alert and he's one of them that he might not be called into action all game but when he's needed he's there and i think it's all them lunges that he does guys we have come to the end of this show and it was an absolute honor hosting it we had loads of callers as well some great discussion great debates really appreciate it a massive thank you to gags for producing and these two awesome gents as well, Tadiva and Harinda. Before I let them go, I will let them do some plugs. Harinda, I will come to you first. Where can people find you on Twitter? Anything to plug? Uh, on Twitter at Harinda1977. Anything to plug? AIT is number 19. Oof. That is a cracker. Whoever designed that needs to get not one medal, but two. I think it was a combined effort, Nim. Well, don't, you know what? Don't be a Deja Lovren on me. Uh, I said the 19 with the crown and you wanted the writing in it? Okay, okay. I'll, okay, I'll, thank okay, you. Okay. So that's one medal for gags and... And the lying medal for her. Thank <laughs> you. She gets the ribbon. <laughs> you know what? I'm not being funny. You're always going to gang up on me. Get lost of 
compare with you. You know what? I don't need no medals. I, I love the shirt. I, I agree. Yeah, you can nick them anyway, to be fair. Let's be honest. This is true. This is true. And um, what about you, Tadeva? You're going to be a busy guy again. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Twitter is the Ace of Nave 7. Um, we did a wrestling podcast last week, just talk, just catching up on the weekly wrestling. We'll probably do one this coming week. So we'll catch up on SmackDown and Raw and discuss any news that's happening in wrestling. There's quite, there's quite a lot at, at the moment. And then we'll have a rate don't hate podcast. I think we're going to double head of that one. Yeah. It makes sense. Um, yeah. With the games coming thick and fast. So subscribers. Get your votes in for player ratings. I'm sure they're going to be some interesting ones. Um, <laughs> yeah. One in particular should be quite interesting. Ooh, I wonder which one. Ooh, you know, the suspense is killing me. Uh, Dad, anything to plug before we close this pod off? Um, AI Pro, lots of content coming in the next six weeks. Make sure you're on it. Um, I'm forward slash join. AITs as well. Loads. If you think that's the only tea we've got out for when we become champions. Think again. There's lots of lots of uh, gear coming out for the champion stuff, and uh, some all different. Like that's totally different to the other stuff we're doing. So, yeah, we've taken loads of different inspiration for different t-shirts. A whole load of that is coming, and that's going to be on AmfieldIndex.shop now. So AIT's gear, but we're having a bit of a rebrand. AmfieldIndex.shop. It'll still be called AIT in terms of the gear. Um, not only that, there are a whole load of badges badges on there as well. You can get them on the EPL, EPLindex.shop or Amphilindex.shop, and that's all of the badges you want. So on to put in your kits, you can get the uh, World Club, uh, the, the Club World Cup badge. You can get the, the, the pre-ordering for the Champions uh, badge as well. So if you want to get one of them, we've got, we're going to have those in stock. And also all the Champions League stuff, the Respect stuff, everything like that. If you want to have an iron-on badge to put onto your shirts, ready for when we are Champions, you can pre-order them now. Uh, on amphilindex.shop or epilindex.shop, whichever one you choose. I think it's, I think epilindex.shop will probably be faster for now. We're still, tran- you know, transferring some of that stuff over. But yeah, go and get them. Great stuff going on. Uh, loads more merch coming. There's prints as well. Go and check the prints out that um, we've been doing, and uh, Greg's doing a really good job on getting those out really fast. Mm-hmm. So if you like anything, I, I, I think I put a tweet out the other day with um, a calm as you like one that he sent me. He, he actually took the design, put it on a print and put a frame. It looks great. Honestly, if you like stuff like that, loads of things that are going on on that Etsy, just look us up on Etsy and for index. We've got a store going on there. There's so much happening on AI. Believe me, it's going to be great. So stick with it. Stick with us. It's only going to get better, man. Just, just, just the beginning, like Liverpool's domination. So yeah, sorry. Big long plug for me too many to do no love it love it um from my part thank you so much for listening um i'm glad to have you all back it's great to talk about you know current football and not retro stuff it's just nice albeit wasn't the result that i wanted but you know what we got onwards and upwards from here thank you so much for listening till next time up the reds Podcast Network.